Daniel chapter 2 and verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast, his arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till the stone was cut out of thy hands, uh, which smote the image upon the feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. This was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold, broken to pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, thou art king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, hath he given unto thy hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art his head of gold. And after thee shall rise another kingdom inferior to thee, another third kingdom of brass, which shall be bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of the potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet there were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever." For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king uh, what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Before I get into the word this morning, let me remind you of something I failed to do. Sister uh, Connie Lassinger uh, Peggy Ferguson's mother, Nick Ferguson's mother-in-law, uh, was hit by a car yesterday at work, and she's in Tampa Regional Hospital, beat up pretty bad in the face, had some stitches, and is scheduled for surgery tomorrow, so be much in prayer uh, for Connie, if you will. Amen. And to all of our guests, thank you for being here. We appreciate it so much. I want to talk this morning on the subject entitled, what, what, in the world, what is the World Coming to? Or what is going on in the world, whatever it may be. I don't know about you, church, but we're living among some of the strangest, saddest, difficult hours uh, that we've lived in, at least in my generation. I believe that we are living in the last of the last days, and I personally believe this is the beginning of the end itself. There have been many, many scriptures that are being fulfilled on a daily basis to let us know that indeed we are living in the end time. 
And yet there are many people in the world that give a deaf ear to what the Word of God says. And there are a lot of Christians that seemingly give a deaf ear to what the Word of God says uh, simply because we don't want to believe it or take it at heart and we don't think the Lord is coming back and judgment's not coming either. But it doesn't matter what we believe. What matters is what God says and we better line up with what God's teaching uh, says to us as well. We, the world is looking for somebody, a savior, a guru, a politician. They're looking for somebody uh, to come to have answers to all the woes uh, that are taking place in this world today. Uh, there are all kinds of problems, not just in America, but around the world in which we're living today. I need not tell you of our domestic problems, our econ economy problems, our gas problems, our food problems. Uh, we have problems among religion, uh, problems in politics, problems with the economy, problems in the home, international problems, you name it, religious problems. Anywhere you look, they are there for the looking. And yet we do know that there is a man that is coming. He is known as the Antichrist uh, who will be given power and authority uh, from Satan himself who will be a ruler upon this world for a period of three years, uh, uh, the, the six years of, uh, of great tribulation. And yet during that time, we also know that he will have for the three and a half years a time of peace upon this earth during that time. And yet he'll have the answers to all the religious problems, the economic problems, the racial problems, you name it, he'll have the answer and they'll flock to him uh, like ugly on an ape during that particular time. But the truth of the matter is it will only be a short-lived time uh, because he will only have peace for a short period of time itself. It's a pseudo-ruler and a pseudo-peace that will be coming our way. If you want to have peace in this world, the only way you're going to find it and the answer to this world is through Jesus Christ the Lord and he's the only one that has the answer and he changes hearts one heart at a time. But I remind you, Satan is real. Uh, Paul referred to him as the prince and the power of the air. He is not some cloven-hoofed, red-dressed, long-tailed, a horned fellow with pitchfork in his hand uh, coming out of the book of mythology. I remind you, he is real, he is evil, he is diabolical, and he makes his headquarters within the heavenlies. He is not omnipresent like God is, but you will find that it seems like he's everywhere that you and I are going to be. And even though he can only be at one place at one time, he has a host of armies of fallen angels, uh, demons or imps, or whatever you want to call them, that makes him look like he is present everywhere uh, within the world today. But Satan is that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And just as God Almighty is looking for people through whom he can work in this last day, uh, Satan is looking for people uh, through whom he can work uh, in this last day. Satan is behind all the war uh, that's been in this world. He's the culprit behind the murder and the rape and the thievery, uh, and, and he's the father of all lies. Many, many years ago, in the little country of Tibet, uh, there high in the Himalayan mountains, uh, there's a group of people at that time that were very polytheistic and worshiping uh, many, many gods. Now it's pretty much Buddhist today, uh, but they worshiped all these different gods. And the day that Adolf Hitler went into power uh, in Nazi Germany, uh, the priest in Tibet said, our gods have left us today. What did he mean by that? All the gods that they worshiped went in uh, to that man, apparently by the name 
name of Adolf Hitler, a man who killed millions of Jews because of his ideology, a man that brought devastation to the entire world. Behind the power that he so-called had was the lurking of Satan himself today. I remind you, look at the recently people like in Iraq with Saddam Hussein and all the things that he did. Satan was behind all of that. Look, if you will, at Gaddafi when he was alive in Libya. Or think about Aminajad in Syria or Putin in Russia or Osama bin Laden himself working out of Afghanistan and all the carnage they left behind, all the mayhem they left behind and all the lives that they ruined and destroyed. It was Satan behind them working overtime to rob, to kill, and to destroy. As I said, Satan is not omnipresent, but it looks like he's everywhere you and I are going to be because of the fallen angels or demons working with him. Now, I've heard people say, pray for me, Satan's after me. Who do you think you are that Satan would come after you? Satan cannot be everywhere at the same time. As a matter of fact, now the demons come after us, the fallen angels, whatever, they come after us, but Satan's limited in place and time. When you read the Word of God, there's a few places where we know that Satan showed up. We know that he was there in the Garden of Eden, uh, which is in the area of there of Babylon. He was in the land of Uz with Job, uh, which is located around Saudi Arabia. We know that he was at the Tower of Babel, uh, which was in Babylon. We know that Satan was seen in the wilderness of Judea uh, when Jesus was being tempted of the devil, tried and tested uh, by the devil himself. We also know that Satan was at Caesarea Philippi uh, there uh, in northern part of Israel. And we know by reading the book of Revelation uh, that Satan's seat uh, was noted to be there in Pergamos, uh, the church there uh, in, in Turkey at that particular time. So with that being said, Satan is a real enemy. But he can only be at one place at one time. But because of his demons and his fallen spirits and angels, he appears that he's present everywhere at one time. But Satan and his fallen angels, they're a toy to work with. They rob, they kill, they destroy anything that's good, that's decent, and is wholesome. Now most of us, if not all of us, we have felt the hot breath of hell chasing us from time to time, the attacks of satanic power upon us. Anybody here never experienced that? And remember, it's not Satan himself. But it's the de demons of darkness that's coming after to rob, to kill, and to destroy. We want to blame everything on the devil, and the devil's not behind everything that goes wrong in this world. Uh, sometimes it's our own stupidity uh, and our own temptations that we give into, uh, and it's our own carnality uh, that puts us on the path of where we're going, and sometimes we want to blame the devil for it. I remember a guy one time invited the church years ago, and he said, well, I can't come today. Satan gave me a flat tire on my car. He did not. The thing had many ball spots on it. You could see big old bumps on it. It wasn't Satan. He's just too lazy to change the tire and wanted to blame it on the devil. We do stuff like that all the cotton picking time. My friend, let me tell you something. Take God at his word today and believe what God said and take his covenant seriously. Uh, don't blame everything on the devil and don't blame all your excuses on the devil. Uh, let's just come clean with God today. Stop playing with and stop flirting with sin. Take God at his word. Take God 
God's covenant uh, seriously uh, because Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That means if we do not keep his commandments, how can we say uh, that we truly love him? Stop excusing your sins uh, as weaknesses. Uh, Stop excusing and justifying your actions uh, saying I am dealing with stress. Uh, Stop looking for ways uh, to circumvent the will of God uh, over your own will this morning. Behind the rebellion, uh, behind your, 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 your rebellion and sin is a devil that may have you deceived. There was a time that many of us, we would have fought tooth and toenail to keep the God's touch upon our life, but anymore we could care less. There was a time we had a place to pray, but we don't want to go there anymore. There was a time we used to open up God's word and have a lot of devotions, but now we open them and say, speak to me, Lord. There was a time that you'd have done everything in your power uh, to make sure that your children uh, were serving God, but many times we just give up in frustration. Uh, There was a time you were faithful to the house of God, but now we let other things come in and excuse us uh, to keep us out of the house of God and we justify what it is that we aren't doing. Uh, There was a time you would not watch certain programs on the television, but now you watch them and you listen to words that one time you never listened to, but now you do. Why? We have compromised. Uh, We have compromised what we believe because Satan is out to rob and to kill and he's out to destroy. Friends, Satan is behind the terror of the day we live in. You may be blinded and deceived by his tactics. Be careful. America, be careful. America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, we may not be as free and as brave as we think we really are today. We have duped ourselves into believing it's okay to go in and burn down another man's property. We think it's okay under the law to go in and slap a police officer in the face. We think it's okay to go in and loot somebody's business. We think it's okay uh, to come up and do all the things that we're doing in the name of political correctness. We think it's okay that women say, well, I've got a right over my body. I can kill the baby inside of me. That womb, whatever it is, that flesh, whatever it is, I can kill it. It's okay. It's not murder. It's my body. I'll get rid of that which I do not want. We think it's okay for the homosexual uh, to come out of the closet broadly uh, proclaimed down Main Street. Uh, their freedom of uh, saying we've come out and we've got rights to do what we do when in reality we're not aware of it, but it's all drawn us deeper and deeper and deeper into a bondage uh, that we can never free ourselves from as a society. Church, I'm going to tell you, we pass more and more laws favoring few people who want protection under those laws that they can continue to practice their sins openly. Let me chew it up and spit it out again. We pass more and more laws favoring a few who want protection under the law to continue to practice their sins openly and yet Satan is in the background laughing and laughing and laughing as we are spinning a web that are around our neck that we'll never be able to get out of unless God comes and does something. This type of freedom is not freedom, it's bondage and it's bringing us further and further away from God and closer and closer to our own demise. If God does not intervene, our nation is damned. And I pray God intervene for us. Look with me in our text this morning. Thought I forgot about it, didn't you? Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of Babylon, had a dream that brought terror to his heart. In the dream, he saw a huge statue of the head of gold, a breast and shoulders of silver, a belly and thigh of brass legs of iron and feet and toes of iron and clay. 
It's devastating. What does this mean? It's tormenting me. And all the astrologers and all the musicians and all the sorcerers could not interpret it. But here comes a man of God. I'm grateful that God has a man or a woman in every generation that is not sold out to the enemy of our soul. And God spoke to the man, and Daniel was able to understand. Beginning in Daniel 2.36, we see he said, Babylon represented the head of gold. Uh, the silver represented Medo-Persia. The brass represented Greece. And the iron represented the nation of Rome. All were four empires, world empires at one time. There'll never be another world empire. You look at the toes of iron and clay, they never formed. But there will be a revision in the days ahead where the old Roman Empire will be revived once again, but it'll never become another world empire. There's only been four. Our nation, if you'll notice, one nation succeeding the other in world domination. Gold is superior to silver. Silver is superior to brass. Brass is superior to, 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 to iron, and iron superior to clay. Notice, if you will, each, each one of these world powers seceded in, and they got weaker and weaker and weaker. We understand that, that silver is weaker than gold, and brass is weaker than silver, and iron is weaker than brass. Each one went that way. But here's something I want to get to the crux of it. It's very important. If you'll notice, each and every one of these nations had a spirit that ruled over them in one form or another. In Greece, in Babylon, in Rome, in Persia, they all had some type of diabolical spirit or spirits that was ruling over them at the given time that they were in a world empire setting. Notice, if you will, Daniel himself, while being in Medo-Persia, he tried to pray unto God. He prayed 21 days and he could not get an answer. And yet, look what the Bible said. He, pri he cried and said, the, 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 the Lord gave him an answer and said, uh, Thy words are heard, and I am come for the words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But to Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. The prince over Persia was satanic powers uh, that Daniel had to pray through. And yet he didn't pray one time and got the victory. He prayed for 21 days and finally God sent Michael uh, to break the satanic hole that at least he could get an answer uh, coming his way. How did Daniel do that? He prayed, he fasted, and he had a stick to it mentality that I am not going to give up until I've got something from God. And today with all the spirit that's working in this world today, we give up too quickly. We get on our knees and mumble a few words and think we're going to get a hold of God. It don't happen that way. God's not death, but we got to pray our prayers through all the hell, through all the opposition that we can to touch the, the throne of the living God because Satan wants to hinder your prayer. He wants to get you discouraged in your praying. He does not want you to hear from God and he don't want you to, the God to hear from you. But we've got to do like Daniel. Have a stick to us and just keep on keeping on for the glory of God. Now I'm laying a foundation this morning for what I want to share. Please go with me. I personally believe, just as it was in Medo-Persia, that there are spirits that operate over certain countries, certain spirits. I also believe that over cities and communities, there can be territorial spirits that will try to do something over those particular cities, over those particular townships, over those particular communities. I believe that's why it's so important that as Christians that we pray those things down and break the shackles that are there. Paul had to do that when he went to Ephesus. 
I don't have time to get into all that, but even the great awakening, all those things, they broke down those powers that be. If Daniel had to pray back then, how much more do we need to pray now? The Jews prayed twice a day, but Daniel prayed three times a day while he was under the controlling spirit of the Medo-Persians of that hour. Here we go. The head of gold represented Babylon. What was come from the kingdom of Babylon? Babylon was known for its occults, its occultism. The very first sin that plagued mankind took place in Babylon, the Garden of Eden. Remember the Tower of Babel was built in Babylon. And it was there that God confused the languages of the people. What was wrong with the Tower of Babel? Now it was Nimrod that excited the people to show contempt against God to build the tower. Nimrod was the grandson of Ham and who was the son of Noah. And Nimrod was a strong, robust man, an influential man, a man that came from good stock, if you will, a good pedigree, if you will, good, good genes, if you will. But he went awry from the teachings of God's word. He took the power into himself, and he, he, he kind of uh, called the people to go content against God, contempt against God. If you're going to be happy, look to me, Nimrod said. If you want protection, look to me, Nimrod said. He, 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 thought, he, he threw away the government and made his own government, so to speak, that people put more faith in Nimrod than they did in the Almighty God. And when they built the Tower of Babel, primarily they built it in case there was a flood come again, or if it come again, they would be higher than the flood waters, is what they thought. Now, notice, if you will, Jewish historian taught that there were actually three groups of people had their own plans for the tower. One group planned to climb the tower for safety in case it should rain and come another flood. Another group, second group, wanted to use it for a shrine for idol worship. And then the third group actually wanted to use the platform in order for them to have a platform to battle against God himself. God had told the nation to scatter upon the earth. But Nimrod said, no, we're going to stay right here and we're going to do what I want to do all against God. That was in defiance of the command of God. Now, the Tower of Babel symbolized their effort to settle the land when God told them to go. Did you notice a recurring theme in all of this? Rebellion. Rebellion, 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 rebellion. Babylon was made up of magic, astrology, and sorcery. Look at America. Who would imagine that we would be a nation on every corner of our streets with palm readers, tarot card readers, fortune tellers, psychic hotlines, horoscopes, and Ouija boards that we sell for entertainment. That's just a few. I remind you that drug abuse is a sign and a type of sorcery. Look it up. Drug abuse is a type of sorcery. Modern-day psychics and people, so-called people who communicate with the dead. Are you aware that some of the rich people in the world, they get these people that consult the dead, they bring them into their house, they pay them good money and say, conjure up granddaddy, i got to talk to him. And they can do it, they say. This comes directly out of Babylon in the occultism that was going on during that particular time. We allow these things and so much more in the name of free speech today. And what scares me is I've talked to Christians who cannot get a clarion call from the Word of God, which they should, and they'll go to a palm reader to have their future told by pastor. That's right working in line with Satan himself. The spirit of Babylon, church, the spirit of Babylon 
is in America. What about the breasts of silver and arms of silver? This represented Medo-Persia. They were noted for their many laws. In Persia, if a law was made, it could not be revisited, nor could it be reversed. And many of the laws of Persia were made to bring hate upon the Jewish people themselves of that particular time. May I remind you, we've made laws in America that cannot be reversed. Our kids can't pray in school today. We can't put Ten Commandments in courthouses. We today are not allowed to have any type of activity seen on public property. You can't, you can't pray anymore at a ball game. You see, we've legislated God right out of our school in the name of political correctness once again. We're passing laws uh, that infringe upon the Bill of Rights and our liberties have been taken every day. Laws are being passed in our country to take away our civil rights in order to have political correctness. Uh, we know that Congress is supposed to write the laws and the Senate's supposed to enact upon them. Uh, but today it looks like that uh, the Supreme Court and many of our presidents are both writing laws and passing them all at the same time. May I remind you of something? We're getting further and further and further away from democracy in America and we're leaning more toward a nine-person dictatorship uh, with the United States Supreme Court as well. The spirit that worked in Medo-Persia is very much alive and working in the United States of America this morning. They were politically correct and America is politically correct today at the expense of compromising the truth and the integrity of the Word of God. And by the same token, there are a large majority of Americans, many are professing Christians who hate the Jews and are against the Jews. They're anti-Semitic and they do not believe that the Jews should be existing in this world at all. Once again, going contrary to the teaching of God's Word. The spirit of Medo-Persia is working in America. Greece, the belly and the thighs of brass. What was Greece known for in her heyday? The worship of many gods. Tolerization. Tolerization. Remember when Paul when he went to Mars Hill, what happened to him? He says, man, of all things, you're superstitious. They worshiped so many gods. They had statues of so many gods that they had built one statue to an unknown God. And they were saying, in case we missed one, here he is. They were full of philosophy. They were full of religion. And they were full of baloney at the same time. Brothers and sisters, our country was founded upon the Judeo-Christian belief system. Our courts and the land and our Constitution of the United States, our Bill of Rights, much of that is reflected directly from the Word of God. But our society is a society of toleration. We accept everything and we accept everybody today. All religions seem to be accepted in America except for Christianity. I said all religions seem to be accepted in America except for Christianity. A Muslim can bow in the middle of the street and block traffic and it's okay. But you let a Christian have a prayer meeting, they'll put you in jail. We've embraced it all from cults to new age. It seems like in America it's tolerization. Tolerate everything except Christianity. Let's just all coexist together. All religions to be seemed acceptable. We've embraced it all. Eastern religion, Islam, the list goes on and on. But the Spirit tells us religion is just that. It's simply religion. You, they say you have a right to your belief, you have a right to your religion, but keep it inside your synagogue. Keep it inside your church building. Keep it inside of your home, but do not let it go out into the workplace. Don't let it go into the schoolhouse. Don't let it go into the neighborhood. You keep it right here and right there. We're going to shut you up. We're going to keep you pinned down. 
You better listen to Uncle Sam. You better listen to the government. I'm going to tell you, friend, it's about time we need to blow that junk off of us and listen to the word of the living God this morning and do what God said to do. There's room for America to have religion, but keep it to yourself and no room for Christianity because we're supposed to tolerate everything. The spirit that worked in Greece is working in America. Tolerarianism, or toleration rather, says we should coexist. People want even Christians to embrace the ecumenical movement. I'll tell you where I stand on ecumenicy, church. I cannot fellowship with anybody that does not believe that Jesus Christ is the virgin-born son of a living God. I refuse to fellowship with anybody that does not believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that he bore my sins to the cross of Calvary, that he died upon the cross, he shed his blood to satisfy the righteous demands of a holy God, that he died, but three days later he came back to life, victorious over the grave and hell. He said, I'm alive and dying, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and ascended right back to the right hand of God the Father. Now, friend, I can fellowship with you if you think you want saved and, law, and, and, and stay saved and can't sin again. I can fellowship with you if you believe you're going to go through the tribulation I can fellowship with you but I'm here to tell you when it comes to the things about, that really matter about who Jesus Christ is we better be on the same page we better be on the same page brothers and sisters the spirit that worked in Greece is very much alive in America let's just believe in the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man we're all serving the same God. We're all going to the same place. We're all happy, happy, happy. And let's just take care of the hymns and the horses and let's sing John Lennon's beautiful song. Imagine there's no heaven and no hell. Imagine no religion to hogwash. The spirit that worked in Babylon is working in America. The spirit that worked in Medo-Persia is working in America. And the same spirit that worked in Greece is working in America. What about Rome, preacher? the legs of iron. This is very interesting to me. The similarity between Rome and America is uncanny. Notice, if you will, Rome had their chariot races, the Taurus. We have our dog races, we have our horse races, we have our drag races, and we have our car races. They had their wrestling matches. Great, we have our wrestling matches. Now, we've known for years that wrestling is fake, but we still pay to watch it just like the news. They loved their sports and they had their Olympics and we have our Olympics. They received rewards and trophies for winning and losing and we do the same thing. They had an elaborate capital. We have an elaborate capital in Washington, D.C. They had a court system that mirrors the court system that we have in America. Yet they had their fair share of drunkenness, fornicating, adultery, idolatry, sadomasochism, Extortion, murder, rape, thievery, and the list goes on and on. They had an epidemic of homosexuality in the streets, in the government, and was seen throughout society. My research indicates that leaders in the Roman government at that particular time were practicing homosexuals. If memory serves me correctly, and don't go to the bank on this one, but if memory serves me correctly, the first 21 of the, of the first 23 emperors were homosexuals. Many of the men preferred, and forgive me, in mixed company and for children, but many of the Neros preferred young boys from the ages of 12 to 20. Nero was proverbial for murder, rape, 
sodomy, incest, cruelty of every kind of crime imaginable. In one of the greatest deceptions in the history of the world, Nero blamed the Christians for burning down Rome and they didn't even light a match. It was Nero uh, who beheaded the great apostle Paul. These foolish minds and hearts were darkened by sin and the diabolical powers of wickedness. They loved the creation more than they loved God, the creator. They took the blessings of God and they spit God in the face. Uh, they worshiped the creation more than they worshiped God and God turned them over to a reprobate mind. Look at America, church. Look where we are today in the sins that we procreate and the sins that we look in, live with as if though they're normal. America looks like ancient Rome. Who would have ever dreamt that an Americans would settle so easy for manifestation and the expressions of sin the way we do today? As a matter of fact, the more shock that we are at sins, the more we seem to like it in America. We are piranhas for shock. Look at some of the stupid TV programs. Look at some of the stupid radio programs. They're called shock jocks. They want to just see how far that envelope they can push before they get their hand slapped. They want to see just how vulgar, how titillating they can really be before they get their hand slapped. And they feel like they're persecuted because I've got to write to do what I do and say what I say. It's amazing. It's like a bunch of vulgarians entertaining a bunch of barbarians. And the more shocking it is, the more we tend to like it. Unless God intervenes, we've lost the battle with abortion. Well, pastor, the Supreme Court, I know what the Supreme Court did, and thank God for it, but it goes back to the states. And you've got one governor out there in California. I won't give you his name, but his initials are news. <laughs> He's buying up billboards in five states, or five or seven states, I can't remember which it was, to put scripture verses on them to tell women in their, their states, come to California and we'll oblige you with the abortion. Unless God intervenes, we've lost the battle of prayer in schools. Unless God intervenes, we've lost the consciousness of our nation. Unless God intervenes, we've lost the battle of homosexuality as an open, accepted way of life. Even the, even the Hallmark movies are pushing the agenda down our throats. And you mark it down, I hope I'm wrong, but pedophilia would be accepted next. Pedophilia would be accepted next because mushmelons want it. And we've got people, a lot of little bitty people, riding great big saddles today. And every time I listen to some of these people on the news, it's a wonder we've got a television set with all I want to throw through them. But every time... I sit there and I listen to them giving bold-faced lies. I'm going, did I hear that? That's a bold-faced lie. And the more often a lie is told, and the more it's told, the more believable it becomes. And our nation has gotten to the place, by and large, that we accept whatever is driven down our throats, spoon-feeds us, was well, so-and-so said it. I hear people, it's on the Internet, it must be true. We have been duped and we've been deceived as a people, as a nation. And I'm here to tell you, you may not agree with this, that's fine. But I believe the spirits that worked in Babylon, the spirits that worked in Persia, the spirits that worked in Greece, and the spirits that worked in Rome, they're unleashed in America today and we've gone to sleep at the switch, church. Yeah. 
What can we do? Is there help? The same thing that Daniel did in his day. He prayed, he fasted, and he had a stick to it mentality. And he said, God has called me and God has burdened me and God's given me a ministry and there's something I can do for the glory of God. Can we make a difference? Yes, we can. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. If God can hear Daniel praying in 21 days, what will he do when a church begins to cry out to God in desperation? Are you sick and tired? I've been sick and tired of what's been crammed down your throat in the name of political correctness. I am. It's, we're not fighting with flesh and blood. I feel sorry for these poor old people that are puppets on the devil's string. And many of them in politics are. I mean, the spirit of slap just comes out over me. Mm. How about you? I mean, you just want to take them out back for a few minutes and say, God, anoint me. Let's do the five-fold ministry here. Apostle, pastor, teacher, prophet, and evangelist, five-fold ministry. It will work. It won't work. The hearts need to be changed. And every one of those people I see lying through their teeth and every one of those politicians that lie, lie, lie. I'm saying, God, you love them somehow. Save their won't you hind in. Do something in them, Lord. God had a remnant people in every generation. Will we be that remnant people in this generation? Will I be that remnant people? Church, if we're not careful, we're going to be so duped by the enemy of our soul and so deceived by the enemy of our soul that we're going to not look like the church. We look more like the world. There are many people in churches today that are little by little being desensitized to the political correctness of this world. It starts slowly and it starts instantly. From the movies that we watch to the music that we listen to and the places that we go, we're being deceived. Beloved, we need to examine our worldview through this book. Are you with me? I've heard Christians say, well, it's okay to watch nudity at the movies. It's okay to listen to the cursing on the TV shows. It just reflects the culture that we're in. You poor little puny sap. Jesus died on the cross and gave his best that he would get us out of that junk, not keep us in it. I thought from reading the Word of God that the Word of God and Christians are to impact society rather than society impacting us as Christians. And we've been duped. There are things we're watching today. There are things we're listening to today. There are things we're doing today. And there are things that we're not doing as Christians. I'm not here to fuss at you or me either. I'm pointing my finger that way and three come back this way. Please understand. I'm simply saying we better wake up, friend, because the trump of God is about to set. It's one thing to wake up and smell the coffee. It's another thing to wake up and straighten up and shut up from the world and look up for our redemption is drawing nigh. God is not coming back for gutter saints. He's coming back for glorious saints. Hallelujah. We're going to have to come to grips with where we are today in America. And many of us in church have been hoodwinked by the ideology of the world. And that shapes our thinking rather than allow the word of God to shape our thinking and keep our hearts. Let me close by telling you that where this Babylon, Medo-Persia, Grecian, Romans way of thinking is heading. I said the way of Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome, their way of thinking, let me see where we're heading. I don't know when it's going to happen, but the Lord is coming back. 
And thank God we will be raptured. And if you want to go through the tribulation, hey, enjoy yourself. I ain't planning on that. But when Antichrist comes up, they're going to try to rebuild a fourth world empire. It's not going to happen. And you read Revelation 17 through 19, and you'll see how Mystery Babylon is reformed, and man, they are cooking good. But all of a sudden, here comes King Jesus along with us. And there ain't no mountain going to stand against him. And we will rule and reign with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There'll never be another world empire, only four. Communism tried it, didn't work. Hitler tried it, it didn't work. Others will try it, it'll never work. They all failed. But let me say this. We are on the winning team. I'm aware of all the spirits working in America today, and thank you for sticking with me this morning. But I'm aware of all the evil in this world. And rather than us going to hibernation, and there are times, let me tell you, I just soon sell everything I got and find me a, 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 a little cabin up in a mountain somewhere and say, Lord, I'm going to sit here on my blessed assurance until you come and get me. That's the easy way out. But we're to be light and we're to be salt in this world. I hope I preach you under conviction. She's moving to the mountains in a few weeks. <laughs> Can I go with you? God's called us to be light and salt. In church, if our light has ever shined, it better be today. And if there's compromise in your heart, and if there's compromise in my heart, let's leave it at the altar this morning. And if we've been duped by the enemy of our soul through seducing evil, wicked spirits that are working overtime to keep us in bondage, may we come clean this morning.